Warning, what you are about to hear is real. This is no audio drama. There is no script. Real people will engage in improvisational role play, making it up as they go along, prompted, some might even say railroaded, by the game master. So, in that sense, this isn't really real, but it is real. Oh, and we swear. Plus, there might be adult situations. Hence, the warning at the beginning. Maybe we should put one at the end, too? Listener discretion is advised. Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 12, Color of Lightning. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe as... Roy. I've only been here for five minutes. Matt as Rocky. Something, something, something Eldritch Horror, I don't know. And Brian as Pippa. I don't know why it's so hard to figure out the billboard faces west when you're coming into town. Welcome back, players. How's everybody doing tonight? Alive. Mm. All right, well, listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say howdy, please drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. Just click that link. We do have just one letter tonight. Is it the letter F? The letter F, you. (laughs) From Clark. Wanted to let you guys know I've started from the beginning and I'm loving the podcast so far. Have you checked out the ABCs of Death, The Field Guide to Evil, and Books of Blood? With how much horror you recommend, it seems likely keep being awesome. Horror scares me. Yeah, I think uh, Brian and I probably saw ABCs of Death, didn't yes, we? I've yes, I've seen it. I like that one quite a bit. We did it when you were over on this side of the state at Brian's house, because that the title sounds vaguely familiar. It was rough because your sister was there, too. And I don't think that was her cup of tea. Yeah, no, she doesn't do gore. This is more than just gore. The Field Guide to Evil, I'm pretty sure you guys have not seen this. It's not quite what you expect after ABCs of Death, which I was hoping to get, like, uh, something really, really extreme. And I have not seen Books of Blood yet. The books are amazing. What's a book? Book. So, Clark, thank you for sending that in. Keep listening. We will continue to be awesome if you continue to listen. How's that? All right. Uh, this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on Patreon.com slash LovecraftTapes. A very special thank you to Matthew, who is our newest uh, student at Miskatonic. So appreciate that. All right. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Ten hut! I am General What's-His-Nuts. I am your commanding officer. Watch my new show, Skyfy, Tuesday nights at 10 p.m., right after the Taco Fish Files. Together, we will explore the strange, the mysterious, and the downright creepy. Will we delve deep into the myth of aquatic visitors from underwater cities living among us in people suits? Trying to impregnate our human females? Affirmative. Will we examine reports of 12-foot ape-men casually strolling through our glorious redwood forests? Ten foot! Will we send our camera crew to graveyard in the middle of the night and have them perform a sacred ritual 
beneath a full moon in order to resurrect the spirit of a 16th century witch? You bet your sweet bippy. Will we unlock the secrets behind Area 51 and finally admit that UFOs are real? No, sir. Because aliens and their technologically advanced spacecraft simply do not exist. Never have, never will. Sorry to burst your bubble like that. But if you have a thirst for blood drinking ghouls climbing into children's windows at night, dressing as clowns, well then, we have got a show for you. And if you don't watch Skyfi, we'll know it. Because we're always watching you. And we're back. Uh, what'd you guys think of that product under service, huh? I thought it was the best thing I've ever heard imagined. It was an orifice service. Well, I do believe that that product and or service is the stuff of dreams. Nightmares, actually, if you want to get technical. The really bad ones, you know? Like, you're wandering around the elementary school from when you were young, and you've got nothing on except a pair of white underpants. Only, they're not white anymore. There's a big brown stain in the back from where you fell in that mud puddle, but you know... You just know. No one is going to believe you. It's mud. So you try to sneak back into the school gymnasium where you can clean up and find something to wear, but it's dark. The power must be out or something. And where are all the other kids and teachers? It's quiet. Too quiet. Somehow you make it to the locker room and you stumble around in the dark, feeling your way with memory, touching the wooden benches, the cool metal lockers, the wire basket with balls. And then finally you find the shower, so you strip down naked to rinse off. But the water must be on the fritz too, because nothing's coming out of the faucet when you turn the handle. You reach down to pull your muddy underwear back up, but now you can't find them. They're gone. You shiver in the dark and start crying out for your mom. You don't care who hears you. You've never been this afraid and lonely and cold. It's as if the darkness has invaded your insides. Then the light snaps on suddenly and someone shouts, Break time's over! And you lift your head off the table, zip up your Amazon uniform, head back out into the enormous stockroom filled with ceaseless conveyors, and hope no one notices the dark brown stain that continues to spread from the seat of your pants. That was a long one. It's happening to me right now. Now... Dear investigators, we play Case 12, Tape 3, Mimes the Word. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Bad dreams plague our investigators of the unknown who have spent a couple weeks trying to regain equilibrium while pondering new mysteries inside Blaine Manor and Arkham. Rocky struggles to decipher the corrupted video left by Charles for Samantha, but receives a disturbing call from Danny who suggests Omega Red might be involved in Delta Green suddenly having gone dark. Pippa tries to take care of business at Arkham Realty, despite her assistant's ineptitude, though the recent disappearance of a business associate in Boston causes some concern. Roy begins to go a little stir-crazy and risks exposure by walking into town, where he bumps into officers Bugsy Jr. and Tina Quinlan, who invite him to dinner. Will our heroes' paths converge, or will they continue to explore different routes to deeper mysteries? Roy, it is a pleasant Sunday evening in July. 
and you find yourself standing on the doorstep of a small suburban home not too far from downtown Arkham. It's nice. Nothing fancy, but you can tell the owners take good care of it. The hedges are trimmed, the lawn is mowed, and the windows are clean. Maybe the place could use a fresh coat of paint, though they spent their money on a top-of-the-line screen door. Custom job, by the looks of it. Probably a millwork master's design. Real beauty. The front door beyond is fully open, so you can hear the clink of dishes and silverware, smell something simmering on the stove. You take a deep breath and shift the bundle under your arm. Bottle of wine for Bugsy Jr. and some flowers for Tina Quinlan. You have a feeling Quinlan could be more than a little suspicious of you, so hopefully the flowers take the edge off. Nervously, you rap on the doorframe, ignoring the doorbell completely. Hey, hey, Ken, is that you? Oh, hey, Bug. Hey, get on in here, man. There's no knocking. You're a guest. Come on in. I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to uh, take the screen door in as long as I possibly could. Oh, you like that, eh? It's a beauty. I, I got that up, up north about an hour. That's the way to go. They just don't make them in these cities like they do up north. Ah, thanks, man. Yeah, my, my dad, uh, he, he was a real uh, aficionado, too, so I kind of picked it up a little bit. He passed a good thing on to you. I can say that for sure. Not enough people appreciate the art. I appreciate that, man. Oh, what do you got there? Is that is that for me? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Hey, how'd you know I like red wine? You know, your dad did, so I just kind of guessed. That'll go real well with uh, what Tina's cooking up in there. Hey, hey, hon. What's she making? Like a... Like a hot dog? We gotta share it. Yeah, just one big hot dog. It goes on forever. Yeah, hon, look, look, he brought you some flowers. Ah, uh, thanks. Thanks there, uh, Ken. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Any, uh, kid and potential daughter-in-law of Bugsy is a kid and potential daughter-in-law of mine. I appreciate that. That's, that's nice. Nice of you to do something like that. Oh, and wine, too, huh? Well, you're really, uh, sucking up, huh? Sucking up? I'm sucking on. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just cooking in the kitchen there, uh... Why don't you boys sit down and uh, crack open that bottle of wine? I'll call you in when I'm ready. Okay. Works for me. Drinking early, that's how I like it. Yeah, come on in here, kid. Uh, you can take the Barker Lounge if you want it. Oh, that's very generous of you. That's where I usually plan it, but, you know, guests. Yeah, that's a good man. You're a good man. And I'll go sit into the Barker Lounge. Yeah, that's pretty comfortable, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it belonged to my old man, too. He knew what he was doing. Well, uh, so what have you been doing knocking around town, huh? Uh, you know, I've been in and out of work. Funny enough, you know that Ken Burns, that guy, not me, the other one. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him because, you know, we met on like a group for Ken Burns's. He he heard that I was from here and he wanted me to come out and uh, get him some info for his uh his new upcoming documentary. So you're kind of like a scout. Yeah, yeah. Like a documentary scout. Yeah, that's that's what I like to do. Nice. It's It's kind of weird to have Ken Burns working for Ken Burns, but okay. It's fine. Yeah, but everybody around the Ken Burns offices knows that I'm the real Ken Burns in charge. That's got to be kind of awkward. Without me, he'd not know where he's going. He, he'd be like, oh, I'm doing a documentary about bikes. Let me go to Antarctica. He's kind of stupid. I, a lot of people don't know that about him. Ken Burns without Ken Burns is a nobody. Exactly. That's nice. nice. Well, here, here, uh, here, here's a glass of that wine. What kind is this? What, what's the vintage? It's an old one. It's a 2019, real old one. Gosh, yeah, you can smell it on the nose. What, where's this from? I got it from that gas station. That's where that's from. <laughs> yeah, your gas station. Yeah, let me take a look here. Well, it says Napa, though. That's, uh, that's, this has got to be pretty expensive. Yeah, I, I said, give me the most expensive one you got. And I'll, like, sort of scrape off the, like, 1986 price tag. You know, it's going to take her a couple minutes here to get things situated. So, uh, let's cut to the chase here. 
Tell me, tell me a little bit about how you know my dad. Oh, me and your dad, we went way back for a while, you know. I knew him back when he was training. You know, it all stems from we grew up around the same neighborhoods. You, you from here? We moved around a lot, so I was here sometimes, and sometimes I wasn't. That's why the accent comes and goes, because that's how I did when I was a kid. I came and I went. Oh, yeah, like uh, one of the military kids. Yeah, me, him, and, you know, that old Arroyo family, we were always doing stuff all the time. Oh, yeah, you were part of that clan? We were all hanging out. Clan with the C, yeah. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense, actually, because uh, the Arroyo kids, man, they just ran rampant, you know, kind of crazy. I knew I knew a few of them back in the day. Uh, you know, my, my dad uh, hung around, what was his name, Roy? Oh, that Roy. I think he was the one that was going to go the furthest. Yeah, he was, a, he was a good guy. I think I think I remember seeing him around, but I never really got to meet him or anything. He loved your dad, let me tell you that. Oh, that's good. So you knew Roy, you know, Roy pretty well, huh? I probably knew him... As well as your, I knew your dad. You got any stories about my pop? I wouldn't mind hearing it. Anything Anything you guys got up to? Well, you know, most of the stories about your dad, you're old enough to hear them, I think, by now. You know, maybe if you were a kid, and I, w- I wouldn't have wanted you hearing these. Is it? Is it bad? Oh, he was a mischievous guy. Especially when he was around Roy. They'd always be getting into stuff. Breaking in, they broke into the high school once, climbing through the ceiling tiles. Yeah, it's hard to imagine my dad doing it. Jeez. Well, you know, I think that's how it goes a lot of the time. The most mischievous guys end up as cops. Well, I mean, he did like a lock. Well, that's good. I, I appreciate you, Ken, uh, sharing that stuff with me. Uh, you hear Tina come in around the corner. Are you guys just about ready for dinner here? We having chowder. What, do, do you not like chowder? What kind of self-selecting bastard guy doesn't like chowder? Why don't you go ahead and give me a roll there? You know, you can tell that Tina's getting a little... She's wheedling a little bit, trying to break your facade or trying to get some information out of you. I can charm this. Go ahead and give me that role play first, and then you can roll the dice. Being from around here, I know everybody's got a good chowder, but... I, I just, from the smells of it, I think that you might actually have the best one here. Oh, yeah. all right. I failed. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet you say that to every girl you bump into there, Ken. Well, you guys come to the table when you feel like it. How's that? And she heads back into the kitchen. And Bugsy goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to take a little while to come down from that one. Uh, she's a little bit of a firecracker, so watch yourself there. Yeah, I can tell she's no fan of me already. Well, come on, we, we better best get to the table before she uh, starts throwing pots and pans around. Pulls her pistol and whips us. I always like a good chowder. Yeah, yeah, bring your wine to the table there, too. All right, I'll grab it. Appreciate the bottle, man. Sort of sipping it as I walk. I can't, I gotta stop walking to take a sip. I can't do it at the same. Walk two steps. <laughs> so you guys walk towards the table, dining room table, and you see as you're sipping, there are four place settings. And then there's a knock at the door. Rocky, you wake up late Monday morning in a foul mood. First, you spent all of yesterday trying to find more secret cubby holes in the cavernous complex beneath Blaine Manor without any result except aggravating your recent injuries. When you finally limped back upstairs, the whole place was dark, so you had to go room to room, turning on lights, calling out Roy's name in aggravation. As it happened, your brother apparently had chosen to abandon his post and left you not for dinner, save three slices of leftover Hawaiian pizza and a yoo-hoo. The whole mess aggravated your colitis enough to make you believe someone had burned a pile of old tires in your bedroom overnight. Now, after a shower and a shave and 35 push-ups no more, no less, you can hear Roy snoring in the bedroom down the hall. 
You have half a mind to bang some pots and pans together over his head. However, if he'd been drinking the night before and you suspect he had, nothing would wake him from that slumber. A pang of deep, throbbing pain resonates from your leg. Blast. You took the last pain pill before bed. No medication, no food. Well, you suppose it must be time to head into town for supplies, and you could do with a few hours away from the manor. Let's see what they have on Instacart. There are a couple uh, options for you to get into town. You've been here for two weeks, so you obviously have Uber on fast style or lift whichever one you want or you could walk but that would be very painful i'm just gonna uber it so yeah you get uber and uh, it pulls up within uh, 15 minutes and you hobble out to see a 1987 renault that looks like it's seen better days and uh there's a older gentleman in the front seat uh yes are you um carl yes i'm carl Lovely. If you wouldn't mind, I need to make a quick trip down to the corner drugstore. Yes, the corner drugstore. I mean, it's literally called the corner drugstore. I don't know how much this... Everything around us is named... is literally named. Like, we've been over this. Sir, please put on your seatbelt. I know you're in the back, but please put on your seatbelt. Sorry. For safety. Carl has spoken, and he pulls out of the uh, driveway. He takes you basically the mile to town. It's not very far. And about halfway there, he's like, will you be requiring any other transportation today? Yes, it's only going to take me a few minutes inside. I'm sorry. It's only taking you a couple minutes inside. I usually last longer. Well, here we are, the corner drugstore. Good luck with your drugs. I will be here when you come out after a couple minutes. I'm going to undo my seatbelt and... Get out of the car and head in, head inside. You go inside, pick up your uh, medication. Bill, the uh, pharmacist in training, is behind the counter. And hey, Rocky, uh, I got your pills. Uh, yes, I uh, made the unfortunate uh, discovery that I'd run out. Oh, that's that's bad because he's a strong pills. Yes, I know. I'd. St- well, I get them. Don't take too many. Don't drink alcohols. Keep in mind, uh, you can sign up for our rewards program, and then you get bonus discounts, and we have balloons in aisle three. Yes, thank you. All right, well, you have a good day. Yeah, yeah. You you too. Keep learning. And uh, you start to go outside, and uh, why don't you give me a spot hidden, please? Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 21. That's a hard success. As you're just a few feet away from the door getting ready to leave, you notice, as you often do, to the side is the community corkboard. People put guitar lessons, <laughs> missing kitten, found kitten. You see a poster that is very distinctive posted on this corkboard. And because you rolled a hard, you're damn certain it wasn't there when you came in. You would notice it because... It looks like this. Oh, God. Why would you put that on an image? Jeez. So at the top, it says M. Starbuck presents Twilight Sideshow. And then it's a picture of a clown, which looks like it's painted in almost like a graffiti style. And then it says under the picture of the clown coming soon to Arkham. M. Starbuck isn't that the guy who started the coffee house? Oh, I don't think that's the right guy. I mean, it's called Starbucks, and this guy's name is Starbucks, so very clearly there's something going on. Coffee clouds, they're the worst! Quickly kind of swivel my head around to see if there's anybody close by. It's such a small little corner store that you would have absolutely noticed had anyone else been in here other than you and Bill. 
take the poster with me. So you tear it down and head back out to uh, Carl. Where do next, sir? Didn't you say here on the app that you needed to get some groceries as well? The grocery store is just right up the way. Yes, no, thank you. Um, I tend to lose a little bit of focus you know, when I don't have my pain medication. Drugs will do that to you. No, you like, it was a, it's a congenital thing. I can't help it. All right, sir. Please put on your seatbelt for safety. Click. Pippa, having lunch in Boston was a big mistake. Sure. You needed some time to think about the odd experience at the bank and what Tommy Dolby's disappearance might mean, if anything. Plus, you could never resist the lure of your favorite restaurant, Salty Girl Seafood Bar. The fried lobster and waffles is to die for, and it makes for great breakfast leftovers the next day. But now, stuck in traffic on your way back to Arkham, you're regretting the decision to stick around for so long. July road construction was the absolute worst. Couple that with a fender bender or two and the rate of speed was reduced to inching along. At this rate, you wouldn't get home till dark. You tried to reach Charlene, but the office phone just rang and rang. So she was either on another line or still at lunch or probably skipped out again. You're just about to call Blaine Manor to see how Rocky and Roy were making out with their investigations when your mobile buzzes with an incoming call from an unknown number. Hello? Hello? Can I help you? I'm sorry, yes. I'm trying to reach up Pippa Chatterday. Uh, yes, this is Pippa. Yes, I, you, you probably don't know me. I'm uh, uh, Professor Wingate Peasley, uh, Professor of uh, Geosciences up at Miskatonic. How are you this afternoon? Uh, I'm good. Are you looking to sell your home or purchase a home? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Nothing like that. Uh, I knew your father. Oh, and I, I'm sorry, but uh, I just discovered the news of his demise. I'm sorry to hear my condolences. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. How did, how did you know Dad? Oh, uh, he and I were, had discussions, and, you know, he uh, was a collector, among other things, of uh, interesting objects. And when uh, he and I had a chance to talk occasionally, uh, he showed me uh, what he called a relic. Uh, it was a small gem with some interesting markings on it. I don't know if you know of this uh, item. Yeah, that does... Hey, if you're gonna frickin' change lane signal, you bastard! Oh, I'm sorry. You are on... You're in your car. I'm, I apologize. No, I'm not. I'm at home. I don't mean to distract. Are you? Are you hands-free? Are you hands-free? Do you oh, have no course, hands? Oh, of course. Of course. How do you... I just drive with Stumps. Hey, Stumps, can you get in the back seat? I'm taking over. Stumps is my Uber driver. Yes, I actually, I do, I do know about this. I need more information. I don't know what it is. Perhaps I could be of assistance with it. Before uh, his demise, uh, many uh, years ago, I've been out of uh, touch and uh, traveling abroad, as you might say. He did offer to uh, sell it to me, uh, and I wondered if it might still be for sale. Oh, boy. Um, it's the really the only thing my, my dad left me. I totally understand uh, it's not uh, it may be sentimental value but uh, it would be a boon to the college as i said i work in the geosciences department and, and perhaps uh, we might uh, arrange for a uh, curation uh, of the item if you, there were to be a donation to the, the university uh, that would be most appreciative you know perhaps even a wing in your father's name well if anything i'd love to learn more about it yes well uh, when you return, uh, perhaps uh, tomorrow you could stop by my office and we could discuss further. Pippa, why don't you go ahead and give me a psychology role, please? 
I needed a 60. I got an 11. That's an extreme success. Because you have a photographic memory, this guy's name does not sound familiar at all. Wingate Peasley rings absolutely no bells. Now, that may be because your father did keep some things secret. Then maybe you just wouldn't have heard it, which is completely viable. But you you sort of have your hackles raised slightly because you know that uh, your father was very protective about this particular item. Yeah. Do we have an appointment then? Uh, what, What time are you free tomorrow? You know what? Uh, let me get home through all this traffic, and I'll, I'll send you a message. Go ahead and call me back and leave me a voicemail with your contact information, email, and, and, and so forth. As soon as I get home and have some time to think about it, I'll, I'll send you a message this evening. Oh, yes, no problem. I, I've actually taken the liberty to uh, send you an email with my contact details. Uh, I found yours, of course, through the Arkham Realty. It's public knowledge. Please let me know uh, when you would like to be tomorrow. I'm, I'm happy to uh, buy you lunch here at the university. You son of a bitch! All right, I, I gotta go. Yes, uh, you have a good afternoon, and uh, I will uh, talk with you later. Beep. Roy. So Bugsy goes, I forgot to tell you, we've waited the corporal, right? I understand you guys go way back, so I thought it'd be fun. Just get, get you guys talking. Uh, go ahead, take a seat. I'll, I'll bring him in. And he walks over to the front door with his glass of wine, opens it up, and you see the corporal. And of course, you know, this is Corporal Mike Duggan. Old beyond belief, but somehow still the chief of police in Arkham. And this guy is pretty shrewd. He's old school cop, but maybe on your side, he's older now, so his faculties aren't 100%. I got this, don't worry. You see Tina start putting some plates and casserole dishes on the table. And it looks like you guys are having stuffed cod and fried clam surprise. And it looks like she's assembling some sort of dessert in the kitchen, but you're not quite sure what it's going to be yet. Bugsy comes out and says, hey, Corporal, you remember uh, Ken Burns, right? And the Corporal looks you up and down and says, yeah, you don't look like anybody I know. Where do I know you from? Look, Corporal, I know it's been a long, long time, and I never worked on your force, but I was always hanging around. Hmm. Hanging around, huh? Yeah, I know you, you used to always yell at me about how loitering's a crime, and I said, hey, I'm not loitering, I'm doing investigative work. And you'd say, ah, huh. you remember. Yeah, I guess that sort of sounds like me. All right, well, what do we got here? Is that fried clam surprise there, Tina? Yeah, it is. All right, well, Bugsy, give me some of that wine, would you? Yeah, sure, well, coming right up there, Corporal. Have a seat, guys. And uh, the four of you sit down and begin to have a nice dinner. And, of course, the corporal is, uh, for some odd reason, uh, abstaining from drinking any wine. But he is giving you a hard look. Every time the conversation steers away, his face just drifts back to you and stares at you under big, furry, bushy eyebrows. This cold, gray stare. Why don't you go ahead and give me something that may be fun, uh, not charm. You can do either fast talk or persuade to steer the conversation. I'll do a persuade. I succeeded. Need a 50, roll a 32. Yeah, Ken, so uh, what year was that that you were hanging around the cop shop up there? Well, you know, I was in and out with Roy and Bugsy, in and out all those years, and mostly in the uh, early 90s in and out then i kind of drifted away how's the girl stephanie doing i know she's trying to get into umass just like a good one should did that ever work out for her yeah she moved upstate with some jerk 
Some painter. Uh, you hate to hear that. Nothing worse than a painter. Are we talking about like a house painter or like a painter? No, no, like a painter, like a frou-frou. I do little trees. Look at the little clouds, fluffy little clouds, all that nonsense. Because, yeah, you know, a house painter can make a little bit of good money, but a painter, that's not what you want. No, it ain't. Yeah, I, I completely agree there, uh, Ken. So you you hang around with Bugsy and... Uh... And Roy, huh? Yeah, for a while, they were probably my best friends in the world. Then I, you know, I just had to go follow the work. That's how it goes, unfortunately. I guess it makes sense. Uh, you remind me quite a lot of that Roy character. That's that's a compliment where I'm from. I guess Bugsy says that uh, you're from uh, Arkham originally, at least coming and going. So I guess that makes sense. Some of that must have rubbed off you. Probably the good parts. There's only good parts as far as I'm concerned. Welcome to town. Uh, where where about you staying? By and about the Blaine household. Blaine? And Bugsy looks at you, his face goes white. What are you doing out by there? Oh, there's just this real estate agent that we've all hooked up with, and she's letting us stay there. Uh, real estate? Is that, is that Pippa? Pippa Chatterton? Yeah, you know her. She just took over the uh, Arkham Realty place uh, not too long ago. I've only known her a little while, but she's been pretty homely for us, so. Yeah, I think she's a looker. She's a looker. I, Tina, no, I didn't mean that. But, uh, no, look, uh, it's just weird that you say that, because uh, that's where my... Dad's car was found. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, it's uh, the weirdest thing. He went out there for some reason. We don't know why. We found his glove box open. Car was unlocked. Keys were gone. and We never found them. Near as we could figure, he went inside the Blaine Manor looking for something. But we never turned up anything. There's a lot of secrets to that Blaine household. You haven't found anything weird there? Nothing weird like Bugsy weird. Nothing about him. I had no idea this was happening. If I knew, I would have been looking harder. Just really weird. Anyways, everybody drifts back to their plate in silence, except for the corporal who continues to look at you sort of out of the corner of his eye. Rocky, Carl takes you straight on over to the grocery store. What are you going to pick up on your shopping trip? So we're running long crepe supplies, so clearly I'm going to need some uh, some breakfast basics, you know, eggs, flour, some sugar. But, you know, I also kind of need something a little more substantive than crepes. So I'm going to check and see, you know, what they have on sale. Maybe I can, you know, pick up some chicken or some, some beef, whatever they have. That Mayonnaise. I need to pick up mayo and Nutella. I wonder if they had, like, Nutella and mayo, like, whipped together. Mm. New mayo. New metal? New mayo is the new metal. It's the new metal of the condiment world. Nothing like the flavors of chocolate hazelnut and mayonnaise. Mm. Massachusetts, the birthplace of new mayo. <laughs> So yeah, you you stock up pretty well, and it sounds to me like uh, you're a little bit of an impulse shopper. You get a few uh, raised eyebrows from the checkout lady. She acts like it's not normal to see somebody walking into a store to pick up lye, garbage bags, an axe, some plastic tarps. And condoms. Don't forget the condoms. So you come back out to the car, and the next building over, you see another one of those posters. And one of the corners is flapping in the breeze. You're flapping in the breeze, too. Something's flapping. Pull your pants up. It's so cold in here. Is there anyone else around this time, or am I still, like, the only one out and about at the moment? No, there there are some folks, because you're sort of outside the grocery store. There are people going into the grocery store. It's not super crowded or anything, but about where the telephone pole is, where the poster is attached to, you notice that there is a alleyway between two buildings right next to that pole, and you see a furtive shadow move 
deeper into this alleyway. I'm going to walk over and I'm going to rip the poster off the wall, first of all. As you move away, Carl says, I guess I'll load up the groceries. No, you go ahead. And he begins loading your groceries in the back. I hope this gets me a good tip. And uh, you walk over to the telephone pole and rip the poster off the pole. A gust of wind rips it out of your hand and it goes seesawing through the air down the street. And you hear what sounds like a child's laugh coming from the alleyway to your right. Pippa, you finally get through traffic. It was pretty rough going there for a little while. And as you suspect, it's getting to be twilight now on Monday night. So you're pulling into your house. I'm going to get out, grab all my, my briefcase, and take the two signs that I have in the back seat and put the, toss them into my garage and pull the door back down and head into the house, fumbling for my keys at the front door. All I can think about is this professor, and why would he contact me out of the blue about the stone, and specifically bring up the stone? So I want to get in and get to my computer so I can do some research and see if this person's legit. So you go in, fumbling for your keys, and open up the door to find out that your living room is in disarray. Someone has clearly broken in. End tables are tipped over. Drawers are pulled out of coffee tables. Bookcases have been ransacked on the ground. Your couch has been ripped. The uh, stuffing is coming out of the, some of the cushions. Damn it, the Ethan Allen. Son of a bitch. Back away. Walk back to my car, keeping an eye on the front door and the house. My head on a swivel. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. I need a 30. I got a 72. You are in a panic, more or less. Headlights pan into your driveway directly behind your car. Ooh, so they're blocking me in. And you hear a car door. Someone gets out, approaches you quickly. Okay. And it's Charlene. What happened? I pay, I scream, get away from me! Reach in my purse and grab my mason sprayer in the face. Ah! I'll teach you for being late. So, Roy... The rest of dinner is pretty awkward, but it actually goes okay. You feel like you managed to ease a little bit with Tina. She appears to be admiring the flowers during dinner. And you, of course, compliment her on her dishes that she made. Her cooking is quite good. Can you guess what dessert is? Clam chowder. She did make a fluffernutter cake topped with Necco wafers. I like it here. Mm. And uh, then you basically... Leave. You can hoof it back to Blaine Manor, and you're kind of walking. You're a little bit buzzed because of the wine, but it's it's nice out. You know, it's it's July, so the weather is quite nice. And you fear just a nice stroll through town on your way home. And as you're going by, you're about halfway home, just on the outskirts of town, when you notice some sort of shadow in an alleyway between two buildings. It's a dark form, and it's kind of waving at you. And then as you wave back, the form steps underneath a streetlight, and it's a mime. And then it steps back again and dissolves into shadow, disappearing from the alleyway. And that's when you realize that the mime had a face much like Raid's. Yeah, I'm not into mimes here. Let's be honest. A mime is a terrible thing to waste. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Is Carl going to finish loading the groceries? I need to know. Carl's doing it. I think I'm getting ransacked for the stone. There's not a coincidence that I get a phone call. Hey, 
I'd like to buy that from you. And then all of a sudden my place is ransacked and my assistant deserved to get sprayed. I mean, it's weird. I think I'm being haunted by the ghost mime of Raid. Why would you even think that? That's such a weird off-base thing <laughs> to even suggest. I know it's kind of crazy. Flowns. Look, I burned down the circus once, and it was way back in 82. I really thought they would have gotten over it by now. That was the Circus McGurkis. No, they're not publishing that anymore because, you know, the Democrats made them stop. Don't get too woke, guys. It's time for some hashtag recommendos, where we share some of our geeky obsessions. So it's going to be me, Gabe, uh, Matt, then Brian. We'll finish up. So I will start us off first. I'm going to recommend a movie from 2020 on Hulu currently, directed by Frank Oz. Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself is the name of the movie. And this is the film version of a one-man stage show, which explores identity illusion, self-delusion, and our almost obsessive need to label things in a desperate attempt to make sense of a chaotic universe. He basically just stands up and talks about himself, his childhood, the ways that people tried to influence his upbringing, changed his experiences, tried to label him. It's very touching. Some things that happen are very personal and painful in his life that he is very open and honest about. It's also quite funny. He has a lot of jokes in it. There's some very uncomfortable moments in the stage show itself that hint at suicide and that sort of thing without overtly stating it. And it's kind of awe-inspiring to realize that he has come so far in his journey, but you have to kind of suspend your disbelief here and there, because if you've seen anything that has magic or an illusionist, that you're, you're kind of waiting for it, right? So you're you're already defensive against trying to see the seams and the wires and things like that. You kind of have to work with the suspension of disbelief, otherwise you might actually find it slightly trite here and there. But if you try hard enough, you will break the spell so what I suggest is going with an open mind. I'm not telling you anything that actually happens in it because there are some really cool things that happen that are surprises. It's a very short watch. It's 90 minutes, directed by Frank Oz. So if you like documentary stage versions, think of uh, the Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense, Cotsern film. I think you like this. So it's Derek Delgadio's uh, In and of Itself, and that's well worth your time. All right, uh, let's go next with Gabriel. Hi, my recommendo this week is a uh, YouTube show slash podcast called Cold Ones. Anybody that is of a certain era of YouTube viewing and remembers the best era of YouTube viewing of Filthy Frank and iDubs and Max Mofo and Anything for Views, this is the show for you because it's Max Mofo and Anything for Views' show. Those two guys are hilarious it's it's probably for a younger crowd uh, it's pretty nonsensical and screaming and dead memes are funny in this show the podcasting portion is good it's kind of a riff off of hot ones so instead of hot sauce they just get as drunk as they possibly can and interview people but what i like best is on their youtube channel they do like stupid ass challenges where they try and pay uber eats delivery guys to eat the food with them or like they'll just blend together as many things as they can and stupid stuff like that if you're the kind of person who thinks that things are funny because they're loud uh this is probably the show for you it's one of those things that i go back and watch over and over again i think it's definitely as good as the filthy frank stuff so that's cold ones 
All right, moving along, I believe it is Matthew. It Takes Two is a co-op-only adventure, the sophomore release from Hazelight Studios. You play with a friend, because it is co-op-only. Uh, it is the story of Cody and May, a, a feuding couple who get turned into dolls by uh, a bit of magic and are forced to work with a relationship book. Literally a, a a book on fixing a relationship written by a Dr. Hakeem. And he forces them through a series of challenges and trials in order to help them repair their relationship and help them to come back together. What's so great about it is that because it is co-op only the whole way through, there's a lot of room that they use for super unique experiences. Every single level brings with it a brand new set of mechanics. Those ideas are never rehashed or reused. So every single level is almost like a new game unto itself. Along with that, there are hidden mini games throughout the world. The controls are great. The whole thing, start to finish, was absolutely a delight to play. Uh, I played it all the way through with Brian, and it was an amazingly good time. And I highly recommend that you you grab a friend and um, you hop online together and you play It Takes Two. Yep, our relationship has never been stronger. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Brian. Finish this up here, buddy. I am going to recommend Invincible, the new animated show for Amazon Prime. It's about a 17-year-old boy named Mark who's a normal teenager, except for the fact that his dad is the most powerful superhero on the planet, and he doesn't have powers. So he feels inadequate. He's just trying to struggle to get through high school. All of a sudden, he starts to develop his powers and goes under the tutelage of his dad. So it sounds like a normal superhero TV show, right? It is not remotely close. It's definitely 18 and up. Very gory. Very graphic. They don't hold any punches for anything. I watched the first episode and almost didn't continue because I thought it was just going to be the typical superhero journey type story that you've heard and seen a thousand times. But it auto-played. The second episode started and I binged the entire thing. <laughs> it is phenomenal, as far as you can anyway. New episodes come out every Friday. So I think it's on episode six or seven right now. And holy crap, there's so many twists and turns in the first season so far. So highly recommend. Go watch it. Give it, just get into the beginning of the second episode and you will be hooked very good writing tons of famous people in it too it's my favorite comic of all time yeah it is amazing i recommended it so <laughs> so he recommended the comic i recommend the show all right guys well that's gonna be it for this episode of lovecraft tapes thank you for listening please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer we don't give a crap if you like what you hear please leave us a review Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anyone wants to chat about how fucking creepy clowns are and how we don't need them in the world, you can hit me up on Twitter at the real weird kid. And if anyone wants to talk to me about the time that my letter was published in Penvincible Pals, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody can tell me how to get refills on uh, pepper spray, that'd be great. Thanks. You can reach out to me at Brian Podcasts. Until next time, roll for chowder. Chowda. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2021. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.
Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.